screen for the seventh time in his Hall of Fame career. The Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Now to turn number four, Brandon Shepard wins of East Alabama. Scott Bluquist second. Don O'Neill will take third. Earl Pearson Jr. has caught the zero down the back straightaway. Bluquist turns the pipe. Pearson on the bottom. He goes to the bottom in the turn number three. Like trying to go side to side. Pearson on the bottom at the line. Here's a good away. Pearson wins on the last lap. <laughs> How about that? Actual race cars on an actual racetrack over the weekend. I'd almost forgotten what it had looked like, Turd, because it's spring across the country, technically, and it is snowing outside, at least it did in Illinois over the weekend, like it's January. So thank you to Boyd's in East Alabama and the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series for actually allowing us some sanity on Friday and Saturday to watch our sport. This is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday night, March 27th, and I'm going to steal a line from a subscriber here. Turner, you okay? Cover your ears on this, okay? okay? Lest you find folks out there think that I would ever use this language, because, turn. have I ever used a curse word in this office? Never. Never. <laughs> a subscriber. This is a subscriber. He, this is true. He emailed me this week, and he said, quote, Mother Nature is a raging bitch was the exact term that he used. But you know what? He's not wrong. Another weekend where we lost a lot from the Illini 100 to the Ultimate Series to our race at Florence and so much more. I mean, throw this up there, Turn. There were video and pictures of actual, look at this, of actual racetracks. These places were supposed to snow, or supposed to race in Pennsylvania from Williams Grove to Baps to these other racetracks. It's unbelievable. And of course, there's Richmond where the NASCAR race was supposed to be over the weekend. Just unbelievable pictures from across America of snow at the everything from your local short tracks in the north to a NASCAR event in Martinsville that was supposed to take place it was it was pretty incredible visuals over the weekend it has been a wicked wicked spring but i think i think we are finally turning the corner speaking of it's an interesting weekend coming up in our sport traditionally and by that i mean the last i'll call it two decades or 25 years or so Easter weekend is an off time in late model racing. Major touring series have always stayed away from racing on Easter for obvious reasons, not only to respect the holiday, and they wanted their drivers to be able to get home and be home on Easter Sunday. But as we've grown into this 12-month-a-year racing cycle that exists now in late model racing, there's only so many days that are out there. And now you've got good events on Easter weekend uh, that we didn't used to have. And we got that again this year, too. And we happen to be broadcasting one of them live on Friday and Saturday. This weekend, we break the ice off. The two-day thaw brawl at LaSalle will not only feature two complete shows, 5,000 to win Friday and 15,000 to win Saturday, but it is available on pay-per-view right here at Dirt on Dirt. You can order your package now in the upper right-hand corner of the website. Now, listen. Lucas is off, the Outlaws are off, the field promises to be really good. We're excited to be back at the quarter mile. MLRA is sanctioning it for the first time. We'll have a full preview of the event later in the show in our yearly sit-down with Tony Izzo Jr. And you know, Tony is going to be candid and have plenty to talk about. Also in the next hour, we're talking Sonoya's Spring Nationals kickoff. And on the heels, finally, 
of a national touring event finally getting in at Boyd's in East Alabama. We're going to handicap that Lucas Oil points chase a little bit. I, I wanted to say before last weekend that I thought it was down to a two-horse race, Davenport and Richards. I really thought one of those two would win it. Maybe they still will. But right now you kind of look at it. Scott Bloomquist shaved a lot of points off last weekend. We'll pose that on Twitter later. Can he rally and win the title? Is Earl Pearson Jr. and this new team, can he really win the championship in the first year? We're going to discuss all of that in the next hour. Turn one word, just one, to describe the weather uh, this past weekend and so far in t- 2018. Uh, um, I wasn't going to say it. I'm going to say it. Shitty. It was bad, man. I mean, you they, were here in Illinois. I was not. Uh, I ended, Because there was no Illini 100, I ended up leaving. Describe the amount of snowfall and how big the snow was in Illinois this past week. Well, you know, I mean, it's not uncommon to get uh, some snow in March. But, uh, A, it's the end of March. And, B, they were forecasting like three to five inches. And it's like, ah, that's not... You know, that's not much here. And uh, we end up getting 11 inches. So there's (laughs) 10.9, I think, to be fair. So uh, I also have a bone to pick with who? With the dirtondirt.com turn. The dirtondirt.com. I have a bone to pick with the very own company that my wife and I own as it pertains to the top 25. Now, listen, I'm just one vote. And I'm going to yell at some of our voters this week. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But I have a bone to pick with some of the voters. First things first. Here we go. Five things. Let's roll. How about that turn? That sounds better. (laughs) That sounds better. Number one on five things. The Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series had to wait a little longer than they wanted to to get a post-Speed Weeks race in. But it was worth the wait. Now, a couple of interesting things about this race before we get to that exciting finish at Boyd's. First, rain was dancing all around the racetrack. And James Essex made it very clear that if they got to lap 26 or past halfway, it would be an official race. And wouldn't you know it, right on lap 26, Scott Bloomquist right there grabs the top spot from Chris Madden just past halfway. I loved, though, James's line when he realizes, oh, wait, we're past halfway and this race is really good. Listen to what James said. 29 in the books. Let's just stay green. Let's run the rest of it in the green. Let's do it. (laughs) James. The rain never came, but the dramatics did. Not only was the Boyd Speedway surface on point. Look at this. Guys, three and four wide. But with right around four to go, Madden and Earl Pearson Jr. were able to pull right up on the rear deck lid of the zero. With EPJ actually right here finally getting to second, only with three to go. But you could tell Bloomquist was fighting his race car as they came and two took the white flag for the final lap. Bring it home, James Essex. Bloomquist takes the five, Pearson on the bottom. He goes to the bottom in the turn number three. Like trying to go side to side. Pearson on the bottom at the line. Who's it going to be? Pearson wins on the last lap. Wow. Getting his first win in that Ronnie Stuckey Black Diamond house car. Pearson got past Bloomquist in the final corner. A Friday night thriller in the state of Georgia. My hat's off to Black Diamond chassis. Ronnie Stuckey, all the guys back at the shop. JC and Garrett. Um, I mean, they worked their butts off all day. We've been good all day, really. And, um, you know, everything just come to us right there. Coming off turn four and you pass Scott there. I mean, what a heck of a finish. Yeah, you know, the car was really good. I mean, it was it was great, actually. Uh, you know, we just checked out some tires, and you, you can run a 1350 or a 40s, and uh, these guys had on 40s. You know, the 1350 was a little bit soft tonight, but, you know, the car was re- really good enough to carry it. 
uh, we're just trying to be smooth at the end, you know, and not, not have it give up too much. So if we'd had one caution, I think we'd have been saved. There's a lot more to digest than just the victory here for Pearson. Some other stuff I found interesting. Corey Hedgecock continues his upward ascent in late model racing, finishing seventh Friday and really kind of hanging around the top five to eight all night. He's getting better and better. And perhaps Ricky Weiss is proving that Arizona and these other early season wins are no fluke. He gets another top ten and finishes in the top five. In East Alabama, the Canadian is having a hell of a year in that seven car. Number two on five things. Speaking of East Alabama, first off, it was nearly 80 degrees Saturday at the Thomas Family Facility. I didn't even know there were places on the planet where it was that warm right now. Anyway, there was a race also, the Bama Bash and Lucas's second race of the weekend, and it was defending World of Outlaws champion who made the most of it. Brandon Shepard had only been to East Alabama once in his life, but it didn't seem to matter on Saturday. Just shy of 10 laps in, look at this. He throws a power slider, lands it on Don O'Neill. Sheppy would go on to lead the rest of the way, but he had to tread that treacherous high line at EAMS where the rubber meets the brown right on the edge of that racetrack. And we've seen in the past, if you go off that, it can be really scary. The Illinois driver managed to do it, even with Bloomquist chasing Shepard down late. And we got a late yellow, and that helped. But like he said, winning on a track that's not exactly his cup of tea is kind of a big deal. That's not really a condition that I'm known for. You know, I I knew that uh, Scott and McDowell and them guys were would probably be right on me there. And I was, I haven't been here but one other time, and I was kind of searching um, probably more than I than I should have been. But uh, finally there at the end, I felt like I got a little bit more comfortable and the track rubbered up a little bit more down there. So the, uh, that definitely helped me there towards the end. But, uh, you know, overall, I just can't thank Mark Richards and Steve Baker and everybody at Rocket Chassis enough for giving me this opportunity. It's, uh, it's a dream come true for me. A few postscript notes in this one, too. Shepard's slider wasn't the only big one. With the way it was racing on Saturday, guys were having to drive it in deep. You don't always see that at EAMS, and I found that interesting. Speaking of sliders, I thought we were going to have another Arizona flashback with Pierce and Ricky Weiss, as you saw right there. Now, you remember flashback here to January. These two had a bit of an altercation at the Wild West shootout. They managed to not make contact this time, though. Overall, just a good weekend of Lucas Oil Racing. Glad to have Major Late Model Racing back. Number three, one of the coolest events of the year happened on Saturday night. It's Tracy Clay's I-30 Speedway in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, on the surface, it was just a 3,000-to-win Comp Cam Series race, but it was a lot more than that. The Will McGarry Memorial played out in front of a packed house in Little Rock, paying tribute to the Arkansas police officer who lost his life in the line of duty in 2013, when he was struck by an impaired driver. Now, McGarry's badge number was 474, and you'll see it right here. The race winner, Jack Sullivan, ran that number on the side of his car this weekend, and he talked afterwards how much this victory, for so many reasons, meant to him. Well, that, that's, that's what I really wanted to do, obviously. You want to win all the races, but it's it's nice win for uh, Mr. McGarry here and, and all the fans and all the policemen and uh, all you lovely fans that come out tonight. I'm so excited. I really wanted this one really bad for just, y'all don't realize how much work goes into this. You know, it's more than just a couple wraps, getting Mark Martin here and all that mess. And my brother, he kind of spearheaded all that. And uh, so I got to thank him. And uh, I'm tired. He's tired, turd. Billy Moyer did nose Sullivan a few times during the feature, but it was never enough. Neat event, neat victory, and very cool to see race fans and drivers come together 
for a great cause. Number four, it's a sad day for East Tennessee late model fans as it looks like for sure this time Cleveland Speedway has run its final race. Demolition began last week, as you can see here on the third mile red clay oval that opened in 1954 by the legendary Joe Lee Johnson and was a staple of late model racing and short track racing in the southeast for nearly six decades. It's really struggled the past few years and just couldn't find its footing and finally, local businessman Alvin Calhoun came along and purchased the ground and plans on turning it into soccer fields. It's a sad ending to a racetrack with a hell of a history. Steve Hickson, who was the announcer there for a long time, reflected with me today on the final chapter. Well, it's, uh, it is it is a sad day. A lot of friends and friendship and uh, family and uh, various things uh, were created over the years and uh, uh, honestly, um, our, our hearts are, are torn, but uh, it, it's one of those things that uh, she has sat uh, idly by for so many months and actually years um, on and off. There's good things to come in the future, but um, she she's going to be greatly, greatly missed. What do you think, just for people that never really got to come to Cleveland, just describe that place, because it certainly had a unique place, especially in the southeast. Well, it was... Um, it was it was bad, bad, fast, and the guys that knew how to get around the racetrack really could put on a show on any given night. And Jolie always uh, told me he said once you learn to drive Cleveland and and race it and be competitive, you can go anywhere and be competitive. It's it's one of those type tracks that uh, that transcends to other tracks, not only around the south, but even up north. Listen, we all know that not all of these tracks can stay open forever and that more of them are going to close than open in our lifetime. But do me a favor next time you're at your local track, and I mean this, look around and appreciate what you've got. You never know how long you're going to have it. Finally, number five, let's end this on some good news after that downer. While it's a bummer that the Fall Nationals will no longer be at Eldora, my favorite track, the iconic half mile, they couldn't have found a much better replacement than where it landed. October 4th through the 6th, the UMP Fall Nationals will now be at I-55 Raceway in Peavely, Missouri. 5,000 to win for super late models, and of course all the mods, crates, and dirt car divisions you've come to know and love. I love Eldora, obviously. But it will be cool to see the UMP season end at a bull ring for the first time. The super racy quarter mile of I-55. And those in UMP land agree with me. I think it's a good thing overall. Um, seems like there's a lot more UMP guys around this area, that Illinois, Missouri area. So I think it'll be good for uh, majority of the racers. But, you know, at the end of the year, after you're racing, um, the Fall Nationals was always kind of fun just to kind of wind down, go out to the Big E, and have fun with it. So um, that'll be missed. But I think really, honestly, they've looked at everything, and um, the car count just wasn't there for the last couple of years. And um, maybe the excitement has, has left uh, just for maybe the cost of the of going out there or, or whatever it may bring that certain driver. But um, all in all, I think it's a, it's a good thing for the, um, for the UMP guys. 
one note on the weather, it sure does seem like the seasons have shifted. Where October is now nice, and March and April, obviously, are now dicey. So given that, Ray Marler and Kenny Schrader could have a 60-degree October day for this one. Hell, it might be the nicest day of the year, the way the weather's shaping up right now. We'll look forward to that in October. Turn that was five things. It has been 37 days, 3-7, since Speed Weeks ended in Florida, and in the race all the time world that we live in now that 37 days would have been full of plenty of storylines plenty of things to discuss but instead the weather has sort of it's stunted our spring growth the the roof is the ceiling i think michael jordan said something along that lines only two of the five lucas races that were scheduled ran and we went oh for four on the world of outlaws so we are two of nine on the national front, and don't even get me started on the regional racing. Those have been wiped out across the board as well. So I thought, let's catch our breath. Let's reevaluate the start of the season. Let's bring an expert on the line to reset where we're at and break down the sport as we head into Easter and into April. That's what we're paying attention to tonight. Turn, look at that. The graphics department has been hard at work. I like it. Parked on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is my good friend and a person who knows as much about dirt late model racing as literally anyone on the planet, DJ Dustin Jarrett. DJ, it can't all be lost in the last month without a ton of racing. We can't just, we can't just pretend that nothing happened. It can't all be lost. So tell me something that we learned, something that we might know now that we didn't know when Speed Weeks ended or headed into the season. What do we know now that we didn't know a month ago? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I know that or not. And I think <laughs> we knew this going into the season, but it's been reiterated that, that this Lucas Oil points chase is just going to be absolutely brutal. I mean, it, it's going to be unbelievable. And, and that was uh, it was proven during Speed Weeks, and, and you've touched on that before, but it was uh, I think it was reiterated this weekend. And it's not just that, but – Look at the guys that are outside the top ten. Bobby Pierce, Tim McCready. Tim McCready, who was, what, 12 laps away from <laughs> yeah. winning the championship a yeah. year ago. Uh, Daryl Lanigan. Those, those, those are three guys that are not in the top ten in points right now. And you know, I know we've got Sheppy in there, and we've got Brandon Overton in there, and, and those two will, will eventually you know, uh, uh, drop off here in, after a few races. But uh, it, it reminds me of, of one of these – really good world 100 heat races where you're not just watching the battle for the league, but you're like, you're watching the battle for that transfer spot too. But this weekend, Michael proved that anything can happen with the series in terms of guys bumping up and down. And you can see guys have a, a 30, 40, 50 plus point lead or point advantage over the guy behind of them and lose that just in a matter of a race or two. You can see a guy come in hot or relatively hot, maybe like Jonathan Davenport did this weekend, and have a couple of, eh, I think what most would say, lackluster finishes. And then you can have a guy like Scott Bloomquist, who uh, you admitted you, you just about written him off, had, and uh, yeah. he, roll, he rolls off a pair of podium finishes. So uh, we know this points chase in that series. We knew coming in it was going to be brutal, but I think that was just reiterated this weekend. This past weekend, speaking of, you had Earl Pearson Jr. win on the last lap. Thanks, by the way, to Speedway Car Camps for some of that in-car footage. That was very cool. You had Brandon Shepard win at East Alabama. I'd only been there once. You had Scott Bloomquist take a 
massive chunk out of this points deficit in one weekend. You had Jonathan Davenport and Josh Richards both really struggle. Eyeball that first weekend for me. What was your, when you're scanning dirt on dirt, you're watching the highlights, you're looking at race wire, how's Dustin breaking it down? What does he see? A lot of things jumped out at me, really. I mean, again, Bloomquist with the with the pair of runner-up finishes is is the first thing that kind of jumps off at me. Um, Earl Pearson Jr. Uh, you know, getting that win. I mean, it's just backing up what I felt like was a pretty solid speed weeks for he and and Lonnie Stuckey and that Black Diamond team. I mean, uh, and, and you actually took the words out of my mouth earlier. Is, is he legitimately going to make a, a run at this championship this year? And from what we've seen so far, I, I don't see why not. And it's good to see EPJ having good runs again. Um, Tim McCready's struggles continue. Uh, not the weekend that, that he wanted. All he, he turned in a decent run there at, at Boyd's on um, Friday, I noticed. But, I mean, again, uh, 13th, just not what, what he was used to, especially last year. And then how about one other one, too? What about Huddy? Hudson uh, O'Neill just continues to be very consistent this year. It, it's a different Hudson O'Neill, I think, we've seen in the past. He's still up on the wheel, but he's backing that up with the solid finishes, too. He gets two more top tens. He's having a really, really, really good run to the to start of the year this year. Uh, going to be interesting to see if he's able to hang around for, for the rest of the season. I think that he's really got a chance to. I think he can finish up the uh, Lucas Oil points chase maybe in fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in that area if he continues that. But, again, that's saying a lot given the quality of competition these guys are going to be running against for another 48 nights this year. There's always the whispers, of course, that, man, if Brandon Shepard sticks in that top ten, does he hang with Lucas uh, this year? I, yes. I, think all, I think ultimately <laughs> he ends up on the World of Outlaws Tour. I think that's a, a money in the bank, I think, on that. Uh, likely, I should say. Nothing's a guarantee. I mean, UMBC won a tournament game, for God's sake. Uh, but <laughs> but let's assume Brandon Shepard is, of course, running the World of Outlaws. We see there's obviously more competition this year. Mike Marler, uh, who's new. Chris Madden really running good in that Barry Wright car. Make a case for somebody other than Brandon. Give me somebody else other than him that can or why they'll win this championship. Well, I think you hit on the main two right there with Mike Marler and Chris Madden. And, and Marler, again, just uh, the last year, year and a half, two years maybe, it's just been so consistent, and, and so it's good to see him giving this World of Outlaws tour a, a shot. Um, and Chris Madden, uh, again, I, I don't think that a lot of people really saw the marriage with Barry Wright uh, starting off this strong. And I'm going to throw Brandon Overton in there, too. I, I think that if Overton sticks out this World of Outlaws deal and run it as the plan is right now, he's got an opportunity in that chipstone Randy Weaver 116. Uh, he's been very good, um, you know, Clanton, Rick Eckert, I think they, they could get rolling as well. I don't know if either one of them at this point in time just have enough, though, to uh, keep up with that Rocket House car team. And I think that's the thing that a lot of times we overlook, Michael, is just that, that team aspect. I mean, they, they've got right. uh, some of the best crew guys in the sport. Um, and, and when it comes to, to those long trips down the road, yep. you know, where you, where you run – seven races in 10 days or you spend five of, of eight days out west uh that's where it really starts to take a toll not necessarily on the driver not maybe as much on the driver but the crew and the team especially and that's really where that rocket house car team seems to excel i want four to five things to look forward to on regional tours you pick the spots you pick the tours you pick the tidbits just non-national stuff give it to me give me a couple of three four five tidbits okay um 
crazy to think is this time of year and the weather that we've had, but summer nationals is on my mind already. <laughs> it's not is that, that far off, it, actually. It's not that I, far it's off. Not. And, and with Bobby Pierce uh, running Lucas this year, um, there's going to be a summer national championship likely up for grabs. Yeah. And uh, you're probably hearing some of the same things that I'm hearing in terms of uh, maybe a few fresh faces yep. being on the summer nationals tour this year. Maybe a couple guys rejoining the tour that uh, we've not seen on it in the last few years. So I think the Summer Nationals Tour is, is going to be a fresh tour this year, and, and that uh, I'm looking as forward to that maybe as, as I ever have. Um, next, I'm going to stay close to home and, and go with, uh, with the new Ultimate Mid-Ohio Valley Tour and the Ultimate Northeast Tours. Uh, it's, um, it's a great opportunity for a lot of guys in and around here where I live, and I'm talking guys like, Tyler and Freddie Carpenter, um, Zach and, and Tim Dome, or you know Jared Miley, or Michael Lake, or a Corey Conley. You know, those tours could be really good opportunities for those guys, and I want to see those tours make it. And in the same sense that uh, you know me, I'm a big homer for the local weekly grassroots racing. Those two tours, they've got to be very careful. They don't want to further dilute the car counts at some of the local tracks as well. So can those tours survive? Can they um, uh, sustain? And, and what drivers exactly will take advantage of the opportunities that the Ultimate Tours, uh, the Ultimate MOV in, in Northeast are presenting to them? Uh, let's see. Let's go with the Ethanol Tour next. I yeah, love that tour, one. man. That is uh, fastest yeah, growing. Fastest growing to me, I think. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You and I had that conversation last week uh, as well, and it really and truly is. And and uh, you know, the thing that I'm looking at with them this year are they expanding a little too much right now? They're branching out a little farther than they have, or are they with their expansion? Are they keeping pace with the growth that they've experienced? And I suspect that's the case. And then, of course, with the Ethanol Tour, when I think the Ethanol Series, I think Dona Marcolier. And, and, and it's Marcolier, not Marcolier. It's I can't, Marcolier, I can't okay? not. I only want to say it Marcolier because it makes me feel sophisticated. <laughs> and I've told Dona this before. I said, I will only say it that way. And he said, you do what you got to do. So that's, I, it, just, it just rolls off the tongue, DJ Marcolier. It just it feels does. good, it you does. know? So. Well, the, the question I have there is, can anyone dethrone him? And, and uh, I mean, again, he uh, was he's just been so consistent the last few years. But it, I look at, like, the, the Brandon Thurlby's and the Eric Spangler's, and I think there's certainly some opportunities there. Um, one more I'm going to throw out, and, and this isn't uh, really a tour but more of, of a mini-series, and that's this new uh, tri-track challenge that's going on in Pennsylvania. Um, they've got races at Bedford and Port Royal and Williams Grove in early June. Um, this, uh, not a lot of folks know this, this isn't a replacement of the Appalachian Mountain Speed Week, but some of the, some of the key players uh, that helped put the Appalachian Mountain Speed Week together and make it what it is, they're some of the ones behind of this. And, and so, again, you've got no entry fees, you've got great paybacks throughout yeah. the field, um, and, and then the overall tri-track challenge it's a guaranteed starting spot in a race you just talked about a couple weeks ago, and that's that big Keystone Cup at uh, Bedford at the end of September. So that's one I'm going to keep a close eye on, and I think they got a really good opportunity there to take advantage of what used to be the Appalachian Mountain Speed Week, and I think we could see some pretty spectacular car counts in, in those three tri-track challenge races. Last couple things, DJ. Give me one. You were talking about series and stuff like that. Give me a track that we'll be talking about when the year is over that we are not talking about right now, or a lot of people might not know about. Give me a racetrack. Yeah. 
right up my alley. I mean, you just lobbed me. <laughs> How many tracks have you been to? Three thousand four hundred and seventy-three. Some some insane <laughs> number like that. I'm, yeah. I'm still adding to the list. Yeah, you know? I know. Uh, I know. I know. All right. Hey, because of that, you're going to hate me. I'm going to give you a few though, okay? Because okay. I think it's only fair. Um, one forty-one Speedway up there in Wisconsin. They, they're more known for their really solid weekly racing, modifieds. Um, but they've got four sanctioned late model races this year, including a stop with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Um, Toby Cruz and the gang up there. I mean, they uh, they do a phenomenal job. Elbows up racetrack, great racing. I would look for for the Lucas Oil guys and then the Dirt Kings Tour when they're in town as well. They're going to put on some pretty spectacular late model shows. So 141 up there in Maryville, Wisconsin is going to be one. Um, Deer Creek, I think that's one that's a little more known, uh, just outside Spring Valley, Minnesota. I mean, they've hosted the Outlaws now for like 14 years, I think. Uh, but they're hosting Lucas for the first time. They've got several USMTS modified races, and they have had those for several years. But Deer Creek, I think, um, really starting to get into a rhythm now of, of their late model shows. And I'll give you a, a, just a grab bag of a few others. 34 Raceway there in West Burlington, Iowa, uh, under new promoters this year. Um, Bradley Stevens and the crew, I think they're going to do a phenomenal job, and I think we're going to be hearing more of them over the next few years. Uh, Midway Speedway in Crooksville, Ohio, three pretty big late model races this year, including the Jim Dunn Memorial, very racy track. Um, Georgetown Speedway there in, in Georgetown, Delaware. Um, they, uh, Brett Deo, he's doing some great things out there with, with that place. And then one more, Thunder Mountain, Pennsylvania. Now there's a drop. Uh, they, that is a name drop right there. You know, I went there for the first time last year and, and loved it so much. I went back to more, but I mean, they held a few uh, ULMS late model races last year. Chubb, Frank, Boom Briggs, uh, Jared Miley, Alex Faree, guys like that dropped in. Fun track. They've got a couple ULMS shows coming up again this year, but uh, but I really and truly think that uh, they're going to be one that helps make a name for themselves this year also. Last one, DJ. You're doing a great job. You're dropping tons of knowledge bombs. Last one. One last news note tidbit. Give me your last thought before we let you go. Um, has anyone even noticed that Billy Moyer had not even <laughs> run a race all year until this weekend? I know. I mean, late March. Are, are, are we? Yeah, I mean, are we finally seeing this kind of semi-retirement from him? Is he is he slowing down finally or not? You know what? I, I don't know if if a lot of folks noticed that or or not. I I think that my top twenty-five has reflected that, but. Maybe that's the bone that you're going to pick with both oh, later on. The bone will know, be picked. But, the but, bone will be picked, I promise you. But, uh, you know, that's one. Chassis uh, changes. I mean, uh, Jason Fager is getting ready to debut an XR1 up at LaSalle this weekend. Um, Timothy Culp, I believe, is going to head to Sonoya this weekend in a, in a Longhorn. Maybe a few other chassis switches on the horizon. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and then last but not least is schedules have started to come out for the local and the weekly tracks. Michael, I feel like maybe, maybe you and I are finally getting through to some of these promoters because I, I feel like we're seeing finally maybe a few more tracks work together kind of on that local and, and weekly level. And, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, but maybe, maybe you and I are finally getting through to a few of these folks. It only took a decade or more or two, but we, we're getting there, DJ. <laughs> Your knowledge knows no bounds. Thank you for all that, man. I just wanted to catch up on the season, get a, a fresh perspective. So thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon at racetrack, okay? All right. Thanks, bud. See, turn. they listen to me and DJ. Finally. They finally, finally. listen to me and Dustin. We have modified our Twitter question in the past few shows to get a little more interaction from the audience, and it has worked. They've poured in the past few weeks. I expect the same tonight. 
Can Scott Bloomquist rally after his poor start to capture his fourth Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series championship? Yay or nay? I want to know. Weigh in with your thoughts for Tuesday's Late Model Live. Hashtag Late Model Live at Dirt on Dirt. Back after this, you're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something to get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is you know the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such you know good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products you know the best in the business, and that's why we run them. Richards in a backup car comes from the tail to win the United Golden Isles. I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won. Shepard on the transponder won the race. Superman does it. Jonathan Davenport wins at East Bay. He's holding on for dear life, and he's going to get the win here tonight. Bronson by half a car length. Are you kidding me, Wentz? The voodoo child goes to victory lane. Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Volusia. got a good run on Weaver. It's going to be close. Here we go. Weaver will take the lead into turn number three. Pierce to the outside with a move. Bobby Pierce, high side momentum. Checker flag waves. Too close to call. Not too close to call, Rick Esselman. Bobby Pierce nips Kevin Weaver at the line. We know Fairbury's good. We know Macon gets a lot of hype. Farmer City and Tri-City always deliver, but never, ever sleep on LaSalle. You saw in those highlights, that place always seems to deliver. And don't forget, LaSalle's really the first track in Illinois that was hosting major touring series and having big events, and the Izzo family deserves a lot of credit for that. Term, when you basically ask the question, can Scott Bloomquist win a championship, you are bound to get a lot of answers. We did a poll on Twitter, Turn, throw up the poll. Can Scott Bloomquist rally after his poor start and win the Lucas title? What'd they say, Turn? 
Yes, a lot of believers. <laughs> a lot of believers out Bloom there. Bloomquist Nation, well over 500 votes uh, in a short amount of time, says yes. 66% of people said yes. He can rally to win that championship. Now, reminder to the folks that voted yes, it would be the largest come-from-behind victory in Lucas Oil Championship history by a pretty wide margin. So can he do it? Yes. Uh, but it's going to be tough. The odds are stacked against him. Before I dive into, oh no, wait, we have a couple of responses to this yes, too, we don't do. we? Turn? Yeah, I, I don't want people to not be able to yell at me. That's right. <laughs> I like this guy's name is Nolan Ryan Martin. I don't see why he couldn't. When is the last time he left Florida sitting really good in the points? It's a long year and plenty of racing yet. This guy thinks so. Turn, we got one more. Bernard one more. Newton, who I know to be a big Bloomquist fan. Look at his profile picture. I certainly wouldn't place any bets against him. Long season, and it's just getting started. Turn, what's the hashtag there? Bloomquist for life. Hashtag Bloomquist for Okay. Overwhelmingly, people think Scott can come back. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just going to say it would be spectacular if he did, given the chasm uh, where he was after Speed Weeks. Now I can get to the top 25. I'm fired up about this. Before I dive into the top 25 this week, I have to yell at someone. I'm going to turn at the camera. I'm going to yell at someone, okay? It's not, it's me, not right? you. It's not okay. you, buddy. All right. My other nine voters out there in the top 25, Billy Moyer, Come on, come on now. Listen, nobody loves Billy Moyer more than me and respects the hell out of Billy Moyer more than me. Obviously, he is easily first or second all time. It's him or Bloomquist. I don't want to hear another argument. There's nobody else. It's those two, one or two of all time. And I can buy him getting votes in the top 25 headed into Speed Week since we haven't had a ton of racing. But now that we're through March, I'm having a hard time seeing it. I think we've reached the point now where he's got to slide out of the top 25. Now, let me say this. I base my top 25 on two things. Who's running well right now and over the course of the season? That kind of muddled into one ball. And who do I truly think are the top 25 drivers in the country? Exactly like an AP voter will do in football or basketball. So Moyer meets the last criteria. He probably is one of the 25 best drivers in the country, but at this point, he does not meet the first. Just food for thought as I take a little issue with the fellow DirtOnDirt.com top 25 voters. I mean, turn if we can't criticize ourselves, who are we as people? Am I right? It's true. It's very true. And it sounds like Dustin Jarrett, Kelly Carlton dropped me a message, and we all three love Billy Moyer. All three of us think, all right, we got to slide him out. You know what's going to happen this weekend now, right? He's going to like go win like three races. Like You know <laughs> that's going to happen. All that said, let's take a look at this week's JRI Shocks. Top 25, courtesy of our good friends at JRI. We have a brand-new number one in turn. He's number one with a friggin' bullet. Brandon Shepard goes from second, uh, where he was only getting one vote for first, to a unanimous number one after his performance and Jonathan Davenport struggling over the weekend. That was impressive for B-Shep. And look at our girl Pearson Jr. If I had told you, brand-new ride, this guy was going to be ranked ninth, in late March, I don't think anybody would have believed me. That is impressive, as there was a little bit of shuffling inside the top 10. 11 through 20, more guys moving and shaking, including Kyle Bronson struggling over the weekend, falling five spots. Hudson O'Neill up three spots to 14th. Tyler Erb has just been winning two and 3,000 win races like it's his job down south. He's up to 13th. And look at Ricky Weiss, the Arizona hero. A couple of early season wins, climbs all the way inside the top 20 at number 19. And turn, who is the final five and who's parked at 25? Uh, Billy Moyer. There he Still is. There. Still there Still at 25th after running two races. Listen, we will see what happens the rest of the year, but I think, I think that maybe we need to think about that. 
a little bit. I mentioned at the top of the show, there are certain busy weekends in our sport. There's Memorial Day, there's July 4th, there's Labor Day weekend, and there are certain weekends that are the exact opposite. Friday and Saturday combos where the world seems to step away from racing. That's mostly the case on Easter weekend, which is this Friday and Saturday. But there is actually some good stuff that is matriculated during Easter the past four or five years, mainly LaSalle Speedway's Thaw Brawl, especially with Brownstown and Farmer City now weathering out. This will be the first major Midwestern dirt late model event of the entire year. 5,000 to win Friday, 15,000 to win Saturday, and a field of cars that's going to be really good. Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline, as he does every year leading up to this event, is LaSalle Speedway promoter and friend of the program, Tony Izzo Jr., Tony, I know the initial idea behind the Thaw Brawl was, of course, let's tap into people's cabin fever. Let's go early and get them out to the racetrack after they've been cooped up all winter. You really get that this year with Farmer City and Brownstown canceling. I know you don't wish ill will on any other track, but be honest with me here. How nice is it to be the guy that's opening his gates first? You are basically kicking off the Midwestern season. How nice is that, Tony? as if I needed to put more pressure on myself, right? <laughs> put pressure to perform, but that's all it is. It's pressure. It's it's great. Um, first off, thanks for having me as usual. But, of course. Um, and one other thing. I, last year we started this show off talking about Duke for like the first 10 minutes, and I ain't heard Duke at all yet. I don't. I'd really rather, not, I'd really rather not discuss it if we can move along. Anyway, if so, we can move along. <laughs> as we move on, no. It's... It's exciting, you know, um, but it, it's a lot of pressure to uh, to perform, like, you know, to be the one to host the show. You know, guys, people want to go racing. Um, they want to, so you, right now you're you're the, the guy that they're looking to to uh, make the calls and make the decisions to give them, uh, give them what they want. And anyone that knows me knows uh, we'll do whatever we have to do and um, do everything we can to... Uh, make sure that we uh, put a show on this weekend. Um, if it ain't raining, we'll be racing. You know, I mean, we've raced in the cold before, and uh, our plan is to do all we can to uh, be racing. But the, I, I would be lying if I didn't say there's added stress to uh, be the first ones out of the gate. <laughs> Speaking of all that weather, we had Josh King and Casey Moses on last week to talk about that stuff, being a spring promoter. Uh, this spring has been brutal, man. I mean, down here in Bloomington, we got 11 inches of snow. It's just been nasty out, but all that's kind of washing away this week. Being a promoter is always stressful. How stressful is being a spring promoter, being that early season promoter? It's even a little more unnerving, isn't it? Uh, you know, to, to be honest with you, this is this is this race for me is actually more comforting. It, you know, it, it's you know without the added stress of being the opener, but it's uh, it's one of those that you you know they're going to come. Um, they there's way more stress in the middle of the summer when they have choices and that's true. Yeah, where they're where they're going to choose to spend their money and and where they've been and where they're going and all of that. So um, the the added stuff, the weather and different things this time of year, yeah, that's that's stuff that comes with the territory. But um. I guess maybe this one's easier for me because I get all winter to prepare. You go with MLRA this year. It looks like that is going to work out well. Not only those traveling guys, but Lucas Oil is off. The World of Outlaws are off. This field looks like it's going to be really good this weekend. 
you're a racing fan. I mean, that's one thing I love about you as well as a promoter. Pump your field up here is a fan and a hype guy a little bit. This is going to be a good cross-section of drivers, Dennis or Shannon Babb, Chris Simpson. And then you get guys like Peyton Looney and those guys that are coming up and so forth. This looks like it's going to be a really good, talented mix this weekend, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the things that I do as a promoter is think about the fan. And I am a fan at first, like you said, and I think about um, stepping, you know, stepping outside the realm or whatever a little bit with a group like the MLRA and, and bringing guys maybe that haven't been here in years or never have traveled this far north. Um, I know Ernie with MLRA said he's getting a lot of grief for some of his guys thinking they're going to the other side of the country um, coming this far <laughs> north. But um, Other side of the country. <laughs> you know, um, but it's, it's, it's always what I think about is bringing something um, different to the fold. And, uh, it, it, you know, I heard you guys mention before, and it's been mentioned a lot, is this is that race that is the wild card. You never really yeah. know who's going to be in the gate when you get here. And um, that's what makes it interesting. And um, that's, that's what makes this race so exciting is that you just never know. And uh, we're, we're really looking forward to having the guys that are coming um, the battle and I, you know, it's it's been a very good uh, race for us. So I don't see it being anything but that again. One of the things I don't think you get enough credit for is being a really good track prep guy. I would put you in the upper echelon in the country. Um, you and you know your family and just all your history have got uh, of being that. So I have to ask. All the cold weather, of course, all the snow, all the ice, all the rain. How is the track looking? And I know, Turn, we've got a little bit of video. Of, I pulled your Facebook video of you driving around on the track. It looks fantastic. It was sunny up there over the weekend. But what can we expect track-wise this weekend? Um, more of the same, just good, good, uh, good, smooth, um, lots of groove racing. Um, it's, uh, we've been, you know, as crazy as this spring's been, I, uh, or, you know, as crazy it's been, I, I, I've been able to work the racetrack more this year than um, than I ever have before for this race. So, um, you know, it, I, I think it's probably going to be in the best shape that it's ever been for this race. And uh, I guess when you say, it, you know, I'm a really good prep guy, I just, I chalk it up to, the, you know, being passionate about what I do. That's my job to be the best uh, I can do and, and uh the prep stuff is really kind of where where I see myself um, if this promoting thing doesn't stick around very long and everything else. I would love to stay in the end of, uh, you know, the track prep end of it. And, uh, we, you know, I just, it's it's my passion um, to, to try and make it the best I can. And I spend a lot, a lot of hours right. um, doing that and learning um Learning different things. I mean, I've been grading racetracks and prepping the tracks for all these years, and I was surprised to find out that I learned something new about the grader just this year, just <laughs> last week. What was something it? New that, what was well, it? Just, just the way I could, just the way I could keep a, uh, a you know, a better uh, pitch in the, you know, just greater terms with just the, you know the, the the blade placement and stuff that I didn't know worked quite that way and that I could get away with it like I was doing. So, um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's constantly something that I'm looking to do and enjoy doing and, and want to do as I, uh, 
if I stepped away as a promoter, I would definitely be uh, looking for somewhere to uh, ride around in the greater and trying to help make uh, somebody else's racetrack as good as it could be. Last couple things, Tony, and you and I spoke uh, before we went on today, and you said, how long are you going to let me talk about some of this stuff? And I, I suggested maybe we do, like, you know, you and I are both Chicago Bear fans. Like, Mitch Trubisky's got a play clock in the end zone. I said no play clock. I'm going to let you run wild. But just keep in mind, that envision Ditka being on the sideline, telling you to hurry up like Ditka, like Ditka would do. I am not going to let you off without some industry talk. You and I chat all the time about things going on in our sport, and I know you have so many thoughts about the industry as a whole. We'd like to talk about where are we as a sport. So I'll ask you and let you respond to that. Are we healthy right now? And if so, why? And if we're not healthy, why? And I'm putting the Mitch Trubisky play clock up. I'm Ditka. You answer that question. <laughs> well, there's not enough time. There's just not. Um, I'm old school. Um, I've been doing it since uh, since I was one year old watching races and being at racetracks and stuff. So, um, it could just be the old school in me, but I think we're in a very unhealthy situation in racing. Um, it's always been uh, blamed on money, and it ain't getting any cheaper. And I mean, I blame some of it on money, but and uh, I hate to, you know, I hate to even. You know me, Mike. I, I, sometimes I'm brutally honest, and sometimes my passion and my honesty gets me in trouble. But I just. You know, you and DJ were talking a lot about in the last segment about you think we're getting where people are working together. And as a promoter, I don't see it. And that's frustrating to me. Um, this race in particular last year, you know, I made a decision as a promoter to let Josh Richards race because at the end of the day, there was nothing brought to my attention to not let him race. Um other than a verbal, but, you know, I, I, I ask for more than just a verbal because I owe it to my fans and everybody else and even myself to have the best show possible. And when nothing was presented to me, you know, and I got a lot of support from a lot of people afterwards and a lot of promoters who stuck right behind me and said, we're with you and this is great and, you you know, we need to do the same thing. And there's some of the people that are, putting races on up against my races this year that weren't even on the schedule last year. So I have, a, I, I have, I mean, again, I, I want to apologize if anybody gets offended by that, but it's just, again, it's the passion that I have to see our sport be the best it can be. And we talk more about what we can do to make it better than our actions. Actions speak louder than words. We need more action or I'm afraid we're, we're, we're really in a bad spot. And I hope that kind of answers. Yeah. And again, it may just be the old school in me that has seen stuff and seen the, you know, the new kid today that, that comes to the races probably thinks this is just the greatest thing in the world and he hasn't seen any other side of it. But um, at the end of the day, we can't keep thinking we're working together and we're not, and it's got to go so, so much further. And I just, uh, I just, um, I just think we're too I did I hate to say it, I just think we're too far gone to reunite to get back to be in a very healthy spot, if that answers the question. It does. My timer up. No, your timer's up and now I'm putting you on the timer for the next question too. Where last final question, where do you see LaSalle in three years, five years, ten years? Where do you personally see LaSalle Speedway? Closed. Really? House in the three yeah. years. You see LaSalle closed in three years. 
again, being brutally honest, yes. Um, and I know that it just, I hope I'm wrong. And uh, I know we're talking fall brawl here, but there's a new race on my schedule this year, um, June 1st and 2nd, Lucas Oil Race, paying 25000 to win. And uh, if that ain't the race that turns things around for us, and puts the amount of people in the grandstands that we need to make it work and make things work, uh, I definitely don't see uh, us having a future here anymore. I mean, the, the situation last year, not to keep harping on that and going back, the situation last year was just very devastating to us as a whole, as a family that's been in it as long as we have and different things. It was a financial hit that nobody in their right mind could even imagine um, what we took so it, it a lot of it's the financial of it so going back to it the, the june 1st and 2nd race um is paying twenty five thousand to win and i'm hoping that that's the race that puts us where i feel we need to be you know i just i, I don't mean to take too much time here but again um uh, i have a passion for it but it's my job you know when i raced everybody everybody said man you know uh it's just not fair for you to be winning all these races around home and all that. Well, it wasn't fair. What wasn't fair was it was my job seven days a week, and I raced against people who couldn't. This promoting is seven days a week for me. It's my job. It's what put food on the table. It's what pays my bills. I have a mortgage here at the racetrack. We have it. I mean, we have all kinds of things that everybody else has, but it's just the place has to work. And, and to be honest with you, there's, it's no secret that our crowds are decent, but they're not what they're in the industry. You know, let me just real quickly, you know, it's and you touched on this one time before. This weekend's payoff for the Thaw Brawl and the support classes is somewhere in the range of $125,000. So that means I got to make $126,000 before I put $1,000 towards paying bills and all of that stuff. The 126 is basically just the payouts for the late model and the modified lot. So having said all that financially, I don't see LaSalle being here very long if this race in June isn't the one that I get the crowds that I need to get to uh, put us in a better financial situation. Um, and I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe I um, need to address that issue because that's big news. You know, that's big. I don't I want to take it out of place like, oh, we're closing LaSalle Speedway. I'm shifting things to make sure that that's not the case. But um, the real the real facts are that if if these races this year aren't uh, successful for us, I'm I'm again just as scared about where the future of the sport is. I'm really scared about the future of LaSalle Speedway if uh, these aren't home runs for us this year. And and the one thing that I ask, and again I don't now I am over my time I'm sure, but <laughs> flag is, five yard penalty delay of game, yeah, delay of game. You know, is last year a lot of you race fans have thanked me and said that I made the right decision, and I still today feel like I made the right decision based off of, again, it takes a lot of money to pay these bills. And did I think letting Josh Richards race would help pay the bills? Absolutely I did. Did I go against anything that I was aware of and told you're going to lose this? No. I mean, nobody in the right mind would have chanced all of that financial to just have one race. But Having said that, all I ask is if you're debating 
supporting me this year and thinking about not coming because maybe it's going to be too cold or maybe you got this or that, remember the limb that I go out on, you know, and I know it's my job and it's what I'm supposed to do, but if you can, if you can support me, I'm asking for your support. Um, not a politician here, Ron. I'm just asking just to remember that at the end of the day, the decision I made last year was yes to help me make sure the bills were paid, but it was also to make sure you, the race fan, gets the best product you can, and that's why I spend the hours that I do on the track, on the grader and everything. So if you're debating coming, I, I, I ask for you to just find it to come on out and, and, and see what, we, what we're all about, and uh, I really uh, would appreciate the support. Turn, we're going to end it on a high note. Turn, roll those photos that I got from Tony. I, I wasn't planning on doing them this way, but I want to because we're going to end this on a high note. Look at him. Look at that head of hair, by the way. His, his, lone, his lone victory back at February in Fairbury. Look at that. Easter weekend is right around the uh, is light around the country, but it'll be heavy in northern Illinois. Two-day thaw brawl at LaSalle Speed. I love that one right there. At LaSalle Speedway, 5,000 to win Friday. $15,000 to win Saturday. Many of the Midwest best drivers will be there, and you should too. If you're in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, hell, if you're in Alaska, turn, get to LaSalle this weekend. Tony, we appreciate it as always. I think you're wrong, though. I think you are going to be there in three years and five years and ten years. I think you're flat out wrong about that. That's how I feel. Uh, but we will be there this weekend uh, to support you, and uh, we appreciate everything. We'll see you Friday, okay? Yeah, I want to thank you and everybody, like I said, that does what they do to, to try and help us uh keep it successful and, and I want to I want to thank the you know my family and my girlfriend Marcia and her family for allowing me the time like I said to uh do what I love to do so without all the support I wouldn't know what I'd be able wouldn't know what I'd be doing so um appreciate it everybody have a good time and uh we're gonna uh work hard to make sure we, we get this race in this weekend all right thanks Tony see you Friday thank you guys yep bye bye We've got much more to come. We'll touch on what else is transpiring in the world of late model racing this coming weekend. And the damn rain is hampering our tattoo bet. How is Turn supposed to have a tramp stamp if we're not racing? We're back in 90 seconds. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Martin Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. 
Are you infected? Do you have the symptoms? It's called spring fever, and it's highly contagious. If you need the cure for spring fever, you'll find it at the 5th Annual MLRA Spring Nationals. Presented by RacingJunk.com. Two full nights of high-octane, late-model action at the Heartland's finest racing facility. Want more? There's great food, cold drinks, and midway attractions for all ages. It happens April 13th and 14th, and it's only at Lucas Oil Speedway in Wheatland, Missouri. For tickets and info, visit LucasOilSpeedway.com. Lucas Oil Speedway, the fastest in family and fun. take the run to the inside. Shake Clanton on the outside, holds him off. They're coming to checker. At the line, Chris Madden's going to win it. Dives in deep. Jason Jamison will make the pass. White flag this time by. Jason Jamison has pulled off the slider of the year. It's a very young year, but what a move. Here he comes, Jason Jamison. One of the greatest lines ever by Brad Greer. Ah, it's a very young year. Like the way he sets it up, I love that. Sonoya and Florence are both on the menu this weekend. Those just some of the finishes there the past few years. We'll touch on those more in five to go. Turn, we've got some damn good racetracks in this country. If you're willing to pay attention, they are out there. Last week, Turn gave us his dirt late model bracket breakdown. Two weeks ago? Last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Thank you. This week, we have gotten nerdier and nerdier and nerdier for Turn's turn. Turn's turn. Take it away. I'm not, I'm not dancing. It's too nerdy this week. You can dance. I'm can not. Dance. I'm not dancing. I got told. I, I got told how bad my dancing really is. Uh, was it Ross Weiss that told you that, or who no, told you that? No, no, it was at uh, your March Madness party. Yeah, it's not good. It's so, not good. I decided to do something a little different this week. Uh, there has been a video game. Imagine that, me knowing something about video games. Nerd alert! Sorry, I had this in my throat. I couldn't control it. Go so ahead. there's a video game that has been taking the world by storm. That's fair. And uh, there's a little bit of a pun there if you actually play the game. And uh, so I decided <laughs> that we needed to call up the Fortnite guru of the late model world, Wiley Moran. So we have Wiley Moran on the line. Oh, jeez. Wiley, are you there, buddy? Yes, sir. How about I'm allowing this nerdgasm to happen <laughs> with you and Turn right now? Turn, maybe d- describe Fortnite real quick. Can you yeah. set it up for folks at least? So basically, you drop in. It's you versus 99 other players. Uh, there's a circle on the map that gets smaller, and you have to move in the circle, and you fight other people until there's one guy left. Uh, you can play on teams and stuff like that, but I wanted to get you know some insight from a guy in the late model world that uh, plays shaking game. my head over here at this entire <laughs> conversation. I'm indulging you and Wiley to have this conversation. Go ahead, turn. Go ahead. All right. So Wiley, I know the first question doesn't necessarily relate to racing, but uh, explain to the people what a win in Fortnite actually feels like. Oh my god. Well, at first, when I first started playing the game, and it was like really tough to win and stuff. <laughs> like it was like when when I won my very first game, it was like what probably went in the World 100. Would feel oh like. my it was god! Like, come on, crap. I gotta stand here and listen to. That. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Wiley. Go ahead, finish no, up. I'm not even kidding you. We were. I was in my room playing Xbox and Devin and Tristan, and we had a couple other friends over. We were all over, and uh, they were all. We were about to go do something, and I was finishing this game, and uh, they were all sitting there watching. And when I got that last kill, and it was my first win ever, like we all just went crazy. 
Like winning the like, World 100. Now, turn, show, show the full screen yes. that illustrates what Wiley's saying. So this was about the uh, UMBC. That was, that, was like, that was like the first one, though. Like, yeah. Now, like, we play squads a lot, which is like me, Tristan, Devin, and our other buddy, Drew. We all play together a lot. And now, like, we win so much. Now it's like winning a local Okay, show. well, let me, let me <laughs> illustrate what you're saying, because UMBC so, upsets Virginia, and Nolan Garrity says, a 16 beating a one turn is like your first Fortnite victory. This is the biggest store, sports story of the last, like, five years, and you're comparing it to Fortnite. <laughs> Wiley's comparing it to the World 100. I love it so much, because <sighs> I got that from you in a text, and it said, I have no more hope. I have no more hope. No hope for humanity. So, so go ahead, turn. Right, one more here for you, question, for you, Wiley. So Fortnite is... You know, there's a big decision at the beginning of the game where to basically land on the map and start the game from there. So I want to know what is the biggest, what is the bigger decision, deciding where to drop in Fortnite or deciding what tire to put on for a feature? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, on that one, I would have to go with deciding what tire to put oh, on for the thank feature. Thank goodness. Just, just because. Half the time I'm playing with uh, my brother Tristan and our good friend Drew, and they are like hardcore Xbox players. Like, I really don't play that much besides in the winter. This winter is more than I've ever played. But uh, usually anywhere we go, they always get us out of. (laughs) So usually it's not too big of a concern where we drop in. We usually honestly go to Tilted Towers because it's the most, like, hectic place. (laughs) So it just makes it more fun. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you, uh, Wiley, for joining us and nerding out. Uh, you know, I know that Michael's just, just he's just, just shaking his cut head. Cut to a I shot know. of me right now. Just cut to a shot of <laughs> me it's, it's bad. Right now. I love you. I love Wiley. I just have feel like I've lost all hope for humanity. <laughs> Wiley compared winning the World 100 to his first game. Your father, you need to go talk to your father right now and tell Big Don what you just said. A guy that won the million multiple World 100s. I don't know. Who knows? He hasn't played it yet, so he won't know either. All right. Can, how, can we kick Wiley off the line now? Yeah. I can't do this. Wiley, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Turn. That might have been your best and worst uh, turns turn <laughs> ever. All wrapped Fair. up into one. Do you Fair. have any final thoughts quickly or no? Uh, I mean, just, well, I'll say this. If I was as talented as the main streamer of Ninja. Fortnite, Ninja, yeah. yes, uh, he makes over $500,000 a month now which i mean that's almost that's your staggering. salary though turn that's almost what <laughs> i pay you so yes you get, you yes. get your beard trimmed if i started paying you more no more turns turn is over i wanted a refresher on suave's lock of the week picks since he's been rained out just so we know when he gets rained out in lock of the week they carry over to later in the year turn what are those two right now carry those rain over dates uh, over he's got one from smoky mountain earlier this year turn you got that i do there it is he uh, chris madden wins at smoky mountain that's still in the bank rescheduled for later in april Jonathan Davenport wins one of Lucas Oil at Atomic or Brownstown. That's in the bank and carries over to April. So let's not forget about those. I think as the season wears on, Suave struggles. He wants us to forget about that stuff a little bit. We, we will not. Let's take a look at this week's lock. Suave's Lock of the Week. Turn! I'm sick and tired of these stupid rainouts. Weaver will take the lead into turn number three. Pierce to the outside with a move. Bobby Pierce, high side momentum. Checker flag waves. Too close to call. This week, I'm taking my talents to LaSalle Speedway for the 7th Annual Thaw Brawl. 
It's a two-day show, 5000 to win Friday with $15,000 to win Saturday night. I'm not even going to waste my time with Friday's program. I'm all about the big money races. Book it right now, Turny Boy. Chris Simpson wins this weekend at LaSalle. This pick took me no time at all because Simpson always runs up front at the quarter-mile bull ring. Also, last year's race winner, Josh Richards, doesn't plan on entering, and Simpson looks to be the slight favorite. Come on, Simpson. If you put the 32 car in Victory Lane, I will personally deliver you a 30 rack of Bush lattes, and that's Suave's Lock of the Week. This is such an awesome day. New year, but the same old Suave. So give me the green light. Because I'm ready to go. I'm telling you, this graphics department has been hard at work. Suave's still stuck at two and two on the season. Next week, by the way, I demand that Turn give me uh, photoshopped images of what you two will look like with tattoos. You delivering on that next week? Yep, I can do All right, two at two and two. We're going to take a break. Uh, my nerd sensory is on overload right now. Final break of the show. A lot more to get to when we come back. Late model race in Australia. This is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast. Parking by my butt here, Ryan. Uh, it's just, it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile, Tina goes, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Ab. Flying job, Tyler Ab. Can he pull it right? Yes, he can. Ab to the race lead. Ab wins. Ab takes the win. Hell, I think there was what 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that that was way better than last year. So. Never know when we get back next year, there might be 50. Josh Richards in a backup car comes in the tail to win tonight at Golden Isles. Who's it going to be at the line? Oh, no! I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won! Shepard, your new leader. Checkered flag awaits. Here comes men, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Blue Shop. If you've seen the Dirt on Dirt crew out and about, you may have noticed our new production trailer in the truck. Look at that. The truck that's pulling that trailer. Courtesy of Mark Martin Automotive, you know the name, and I, I'm serious, I'm not just saying this, they are the real deal. I have dealt with a ton of car dealerships in my life, and none of them are better than Mark Martin Automotive. You don't even have to be in Arkansas to get a vehicle from them. I know we have subscribers all over the United States, so remember this. You can be anywhere. They will ship you your vehicle. They'll even pick you up from the airport. If you turn, what kind of service is that? It's awesome. If you're watching this and need a car, a truck, anything else, go now. Throw it up there, turn. Throw it up there. Mark Martin Automotive. There it is. Mark Martin Automotive.com. Tell them that DirtOnDirt.com sent you. They are awesome. They support grassroots motorsports, and you should support them. One of my favorite things to do is look at the randomness of dirt late model fields. And we had one this weekend at the Mississippi State Challenge Series at Columbus and Why Not. Defending UMP National Champion. So do, do the geogra ge geography. Do the geography here. Rusty Schlenk, who is from McClure, Ohio, wandered his way all the way down to the Rebel State and ran the two shows. He actually won at Columbus on Friday. He told our own Kevin Kovac, quote, 
We said, screw it. If we get rained out at Farmer City, we're just going to keep driving south until we can race, end quote. He ended up all the way in Mississippi. You had Rusty, Tyler Erb, Tanner English, Tyler Millwood. It was just a mix of dudes you don't often see together, especially in March in Mississippi. Random note, uh, stuff like this I just absolutely love. Turbo on Saturday night. Check the story out. As you saw there, Kevin Kovac's story on Rusty Schlank's trip down to Mississippi is on the website right now. Just a really cool thing. Let's finish strong. Turn with five to go. Number five, we know that the Thaw Brawl is the highest-paying race of the weekend, but don't sleep on Jim Long's Fayetteville Motor Speedway on Saturday. 10000 to win for the Carolina Clash Series, and with both Lucas and the World of Outlaws off, and both series having events at the track this year, I know you'll see at least a few national touring guys pop in to give it a shakedown. Remember, the first in-flight 100 is coming up May 11th and 12th, 25000 to win for the World of Outlaws. I actually am not going to give a pick in this one. It's so random who might show up. Although Bobby Pierce, I did see, is coming, and it's tempting to take him. How do you like that turn? Not going to make a pick. Get to Fayetteville this weekend for $10,000 in the Carolina Clash. Number four, the Spring Nationals are finally here. Ray Cook's early season tour kicks off its fifth season. Wow, five already. Friday and Saturday at Sonoya for a doubleheader. 3000 to win Friday, 10000 to win Saturday. And again, with Lucas off and the Outlaws off, there's going to be some heat in the pits. I fully expect Maze Massey, great guy, and the guys at the track to have their tip-top trap prep going on that gray gumbo. I feel like I want Shane Clanton to win on Saturday night. Who I'm picking. 10000 to win Saturday night. He's good there. I think him and Chris Madden are going to be uh, tough to beat there Saturday night. Number three, the Mid-Atlantic region has been pounded by snow and cold weather. So let's hope they finally get a break this weekend as the Ultimate Northeast Tour will run its first ever race. 3000 to win Saturday night at Hagerstown. We were having this debate in the office this week. Where in the pantheon of late model racing <clears throat> does Hagerstown rank? I say it's a top ten track of all time, right? It's the history the races, the drivers, I think it's top ten. They always have a good turnout for their first event of the year. I like Jason Covert to win the inaugural Ultimate Northeast Late Model event at the half mile this weekend. Number two, a series that should be getting talked about more, and I'm going to start, is Chris Ellis's Comp Cam Super Dirt Car Series. They've got themselves a Texas-sized doubleheader coming up Friday and Saturday. Two Lone Star events, Friday at Timberline in Corley, Texas for 2000, and Saturday at Lone Star, a super fast racetrack. Chris Ellis... You are doing a great job with this series. Keep it up, and good luck in Texas this weekend. And number one, surely, surely, Josh King's luck is going to turn around at some point, right? The Florence Speedway promoter has had two late model races canceled this year already and will now try to get the Spring 50 in again this Saturday. 5000 a win, and I need you to cooperate with me this one, Mother Nature. I'm getting a little worried about my guy Josh. So let's make this one happen. Eddie Carrier Jr. has been trying to start the season for a month and has been snowed out like twice. Not only does he start it at Florence, I think he gets a win this weekend, ECJ for the W in Northern Kentucky. And that was five to go. Turn, we got a lot of stuff coming up for late March. Watch on the docket. Shameless plugs for our on-demand coverage. We've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, Thalbrow at LaSalle, on-demand, mm. as well as live, live, live. live. Spring Nationals at Sonoya, uh, Carolina Clash at Fayetteville, Spring 50 at Florence, the Makeup, and Northeast Ultimate at Hagerstown. Keep it going, turn. Pay-per-views, keep it going. This weekend, 30th, 31st, Friday, Saturday. Make sure you order your packages. It's going to be a great show at LaSalle. Good field going to be there. 
Uh, it's going to be a great production as always. You know, instant replay, multiple camera angles, all kinds of stuff. Uh, moving on in the pay-per-view world. You're doing good. Just keep going. I love oh you doing these pay-per-view oh readers. Let me do the last one. You do <laughs> okay, this one. Okay, all right. Yes, yes. Lucas Oil uh, at Macon, April 28th. That's going to be another great show. One Again, I say this every week. One of my favorite places to do a production. Uh, small little bull ring. There's really nowhere else the cars can go, so they're always going to be racing side by side. And uh, here's the last one and for Tony, you. And Tony, as I mentioned this earlier, don't forget LaSalle Speedway's big event of the year, 25000 to win June 1st and 2nd, the Salute to the Troops 75, biggest race in LaSalle Speedway history. We will be there live that weekend as well. ton of notes to get to uh, this weekend in the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. I mentioned on Twitter last week, I said, hey, what should we do for pay attention this week? And I got a ton of stuff, and I just want to throw out a couple of these ideas. A ton of user responses. Michael, talk about this and pay attention. Here's just a few of those. The SLMR series out there uh, in uh, I-80, Joe Kaziski's neck of the woods, the rules for that are starting to creep east into Iowa and into, I guess, IMCA land, for lack of a better term. That's worth keeping an eye on, the Slammer series, as they call it. Kind of getting a foothold out there a little bit. Let's see if that keeps progressing. Derek Kessinger suggested, what about chassis switches? It seems like more and more guys are switching chassis more and more often than ever before. Is that a new phenomena, or how does that happen? Uh, Ryan Atkins suggested to me, why does a driver quit? More and more guys are quitting. Why? Why is that? Why are they getting out? Is it just the cost? Is it family? All these things we might explore in the coming weeks. The droop rule, of course, that'll be something we, we monitor all year long. The Show Me 100 will be live on MAV TV this year on national television. That's pretty cool. Wanted to mention that. Just all that stuff were great pay-attention ideas. How about this? Little John Provenzano, veteran of Northern Illinois Dirt Late Model Racing and Central, for that matter, going to run Eldora Truck Race with Mike of. I'm going to say it wrong. Afarano. Mike Afarano, the car owner. Little John will be running a, a truck at Eldora. I-96 is back on the Summer Nationals docket. Very cool, too. It's the Dan Soleil Memorial. Dan Soleil, of course, uh, his family, very well-known in dirt track racing. Uh, all those folks, Leah and their entire family up north, that's cool. And, and that event at I-96 is in honor of him. Eldora's no groove, no sight rule reversed and back the other direction now. I thought that was worth a note. That could be kind of neat. Uh, dirt Million update, two turns. Show that Dirt Million graphic. Uh, these are the top four right now. Notice, Scott Bloomquist not in the top four anymore. Interesting. As of today, Devin Moran, Tyler Carpenter, Bobby Pearson, Max Blair, those guys all with a provisional in the Dirt Million because they're the top four combined point skitters right now. Just week four of 25. So we have a long, long way to go. In turn, do we not have an impact on people here at Dirt on Dirt or not? I mean, we must. Kevin Weaver announced at his race party last week, Jimmy John's is back as a sponsorship. Coincidence that two weeks ago, turn. Kevin Weaver, fake, fake Kevin Weaver, fake, that we fake, made up yeah. on this show, tweeted this. Subway sandwiches are the best, so much better than Jimmy John's turn. And two weeks later, Jimmy John's is back after we air this fake tweet on air. I mean. Coincidence? No. No. I think not. You're welcome, Weaver. Also, thoughts <laughs> and prayers go out to Sandy Holt, of course, a longtime girlfriend of Rick Eshelman. Uh, people know her from Green Valley and EAMS. Having some health issues right now, and Sandy always treated Dirt on Dirt incredibly well. So uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Sandy as well and some health issues that she's having. Do not forget, shake off the cabin fever this weekend by watching the Thaw Brawl from LaSalle Speedway live at DOD both nights. Five grand for, uh, Friday, 15,000 Saturday, live at Dirt on Dirt. Pit reports, by the way, our own Derek yeah. Kessinger turn uh, will be pit reporting this weekend. If you live far away, if you're wanting to watch some racing, buy the pay-per-view 
this weekend. Something I mentioned last week, and I wanted to drive it home again. I'm always convinced that people are just in tune with what Dirt on Dirt does. We sort of get lost in our own little bubbles and forget that people are busy. They may not know everything Dirt on Dirt does. If you've not downloaded the app, do it now. Go to your phone. You know what? I'm going to pull it up, Turn. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. This is a beautiful picture of my wife in the background, by the way, unless somebody think that was something else. The Dirt on Dirt app right there in your phone. Just go to the App Store. You click on the Dirt on Dirt app. It launches like that. And I'm tilting it wrong. There we go. And it brings everything up. Turn, this didn't go as well as it did in rehearsal. (laughs) The Dirt on Dirt app. Get it on your phone or the Google Play Store. Uh, You can have both of those. Last thing I'll leave you with, keep the faith on the weather. We're almost there. It's almost time. April is coming, and we're going to break out of the funk. We'll all be bitching about how hot it is very soon, so hang in there. Until this weekend from LaSalle, for Turn, for Derek, for me, MFR, and everybody at DOD, we'll see you back here Tuesday night.